Hello, welcome to day number three here at Build 2016. You're here with the Mask DC. Uh, this time around, we have Glenn Musa. Hello, we have Esther Kim. Hello. And we have Brooke Hamilton. Hi there. And uh, today was the last day here at Build. Uh, everybody's finally crossing the finish line of this marathon of a developer conference. Uh, we, we saw some cool sessions today. Uh, I think we're going to start with you, Esther. You, you attended a HoloLens session, right? Yep. Um, I attended a how to build 2D UWP apps for HoloLens. The coolest thing I saw in this was um, the HoloLens emulator in Visual Studio 2015 so that you don't need a HoloLens to develop app. You can navigate through space using a keyboard and mouse and it's it would seem that it's pretty awkward uh, using a keyboard and mouse but the actual movement is with WASD. Your gaze is used is moved with your mouse, so it's like a first-person shooter. Yeah, I think like I, I I was listening to that session from outside, and I thought like the funny thing that the the presenter had mentioned was that he he spent all these hours playing Counter Strike as a kid, and he just wanted everyone to tell his mom that it wasn't for a waste. And now that he's a developer at Microsoft, WASD and a mouse has become so useful for him. Pretty cool that uh, we have these tools to enable people to build these experiences without having to purchase the whole dev kit. Brooke. You have some updates for us. Uh, you attended some sessions, and you also have made some progress on your bot, right? Yeah. Oh, by the way, I think it is really cool that there's an emulator in Visual Studio for HoloLens. Yeah. So I had no idea uh, until this actual conversation that that existed. <laughs> That's really nice. Uh, yeah, so uh, yesterday after the podcast, uh, I went down uh, with the other guy who we were with. Uh, we were both working on bots. I went down to the hub uh, where uh, the product teams were hanging out. And I talked to uh, the people who do the cognitive services, and because there wasn't anybody there from bots, uh, but they actually emailed the program manager for bots, and uh, he got us both sorted out pretty quick. So the bot works; uh, it's really simple. They just, you know, the documentation right now is a little bit thin, which is understandable because you know they're just, you know, getting it released, throwing stuff out there. Um, so I'm going to send them a few notes to help out with the documentation. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a simple thing to do when you actually just put together the actions that you have to take to deploy a bot. It's very simple, and and then you just have to plug in the uh, the logic for what you want the bot to do, uh, and and it all just it all just works. I mean, once you know what all the settings are, <laughs> it all just works, uh, and that's really just a documentation issue. So let's see. This morning I went to a session with Mads Christensen. He's the the author of the uh, Web Essentials plugin that everybody uses. I didn't know this, but he's actually uh, authored over 50 Visual Studio plugins that are available on Visual Studio Gallery. So what's your um, favorite of his Visual Studio plugins? Oh, what's my favorite? Uh, well, I mean, Web Essentials, yeah. it's kind of like you install Visual Studio, <laughs> you install Web Essentials, and you install ReSharper, right? right. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of what you do. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, but he's, um, the, and the nice thing about that session is he went through his thought process on even how does he select uh, a what he's going to do for a plugin. So what he does is he, he he very often will go and look at the Visual Studio user voice site and he'll he'll just read through the things that people are asking for and he'll say, "Oh, I can make a plugin for that." And and he'll go do it. And he walked us through the entire uh, process of actually starting with file new project, uh, create a new extension. And by the way, he ha he has an extension for helping people build extensions which is great because it does little things like there's a, a terrible XML file that you have to edit 
um, to to wire up the commands. And he wrote an extension that has a little bit of IntelliSense inside of the XML, so you know what some of the values are, like really cryptic Visual Studio values. I mean, anytime you see values in Visual Studio XML files that are all uppercase with underscores, you're like, oh, where do I find this? Right. right. So there's really not a lot of good documentation on it. But so he he shows us how to do that and compile the thing, build the V6. And, and test it, right? He goes through the testing phase. And then he showed us how he uploads his stuff to um, to GitHub. And he's even got in his extension a little thing that will inject all of the files that you would need for GitHub, right? So, uh, like the Git, the Git ignore file and, and other configuration files, and also the documentation files. He's got templates for the documentation. Yeah, yeah. So he goes and fills all that out. License file, it all gets packaged in there. And then he went through um, the process for hooking up a continuous integration server in the cloud. So you can just download your, your built extension files from the cloud. And then he showed us how he publishes it all on um, a Visual Studio Gallery, and all within one session. So he actually built a plugin and published it to Visual Studio Gallery while we were in the session. And then what I also went to the session on server 2016 as an app platform and there's some really neat stuff coming in server 2016 they're they're really promoting the uh, concept of uh, windows nano server which is even smaller than windows core it's about a 500 megabyte image and uh, it everything is modular so it, like in the old windows or well the current windows i should say the um, if you want to install a feature you just go in and you configure it uh, but features, all the code for the feature exists on the machine, so you don't have to go find the install disk. Well, the, this is now different, where they take all of the, if, if you want to add a feature, it's a, it's a module, kind of like a, almost like a NuGet package, like it's a module that you add in, but you have to bring it to the, to the machine. And they also showed how you can, you know, there's native built-in support for uh, containers, and they have two different kinds of containers. There's Windows containers, which are like Docker containers. Uh, in fact, I think they run Docker containers. And then there's Hyper-V containers, which actually runs a, a little mini version of Windows inside the container. Um, and then there are various use cases why you would use one over the other. And so all in all, it's a good day. I wish it were a three-day conference. It's more like a two-and-a-half-day conference, but, you know, everybody wants to get out on, uh, on Friday afternoon, so here we are. Yeah, you mentioned this this instance of this core feature set of, of server that would allow you to just spin it up more modularly, get it up and running quickly. I know Marcos yesterday talked about uh, Visual Studio 2015, uh, where Hanselman brought up a new, in the newly freshly installed instance of Visual Studio 2015 in minutes, literal minutes, two minutes, three minutes, not 20, 30 minutes to get .NET, download all of the emulator image files. And it seems cool that we're, we're sort of taking even our, our thick, client architectures and making them modular and help making them easier for people to just get up and running and then getting all the dependencies they need as they go. And along those same lines, uh, we went to a talk today about Microsoft's approach to Node.js development. A lot of it was community feedback, letting you know we're listening. But I think one thing that I got from it was that um, in the newest version of NPM, NPM v3, we constantly run into as web developers in this new Node and JavaScript, all the things, web development. Uh, on a Windows machine, you run into this max path issue where, oh, I just want to spin up a, a demo app of this, this JavaScript framework. Like, I just want to use, see what React's about, right? I want to see what Angular's about. So I, I pull down uh, a package using Node, I npm install, and then 
Explorer freezes and, and hangs and it crashes and I don't know why and it's because of this max path issue where the dependencies are, are nested and in, in hierarchical to the point where you exceed the path string limit for Windows and NPM v3 um, now will treat any of the child dependencies for a package in a flat architecture. So if I have package A that depends on package B, rather than package B and its dependencies living underneath package A, package B becomes a neighbor to package A, and so on and so forth. So I get this flat architecture, and hopefully that should help with the max path issue. I know, one, one theme that I kind of picked up from the all of our tools going forward is that we, just like you said, we are making things that are more modular so that the installs are lighter and, and simpler and you, you, you don't have these big mono, monolithic installations. And it'll be interesting to see how that goes because, you know, of course, if you don't install everything, then you need to know where to go get the things that you don't have and you need to know when you need to go you get to those things. You don't have them. Right, you yeah. need to know you don't have them. You need to know where to get them. You need to know what packages they're in. So I just wonder if we're, you know, I, I hope things are getting simpler. I think they are, but at the same time, we might just be moving complexity around and, and so that, you know, now I'll be wondering why the heck doesn't Visual Studio contain uh, I don't know a, a VB compiler right now because I because right. I didn't choose it, and right. so where how do I get it added in? You know that that kind of thing. It's uh, I just hope we uh, make it simple enough so that we can figure that out. Earlier today we were talking about how in like when you you spin up a new ASP.NET MVC project you get fifty files in in your project and you don't necessarily need them all, right? You need one or two or three. The the trade off of I don't know when I'm going to need the files or, or what necessarily they're all for, mm -hmm. but I know I have them. I think it is tough because you, you don't know what you don't know. But I think yeah. one good thing that comes from that is that we're giving developers the choice. They, they can choose whether they want this monolithic application that has everything you could ever need, or they can trim something down to where it's just the tools I require to get the job done. And they have choice now. So that's something interesting. Mm -hmm. And speaking about giving developers a choice, I feel like just build this year, the theme of it was empowering developers, giving these tools, making them open source, and having them develop things more quickly and more easily than ever before. I've seen that just the yeah. past three days, it was just empowerment. Right. And that's what Microsoft's mission is, is to empower others. That's a... That's a <laughs> It's a very salient point that, you know, empower people all over the world to do more and to achieve more. And, and I think build kind of resonates with that, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, stop the podcast, that's it. <laughs> no, that, that is, wow. that, that's a great point. Empowering us to be more productive and do more. Uh, I couldn't say it any better. The analogy of, of the four-lane divided highway where all the cars are exactly the same and going 55 miles an hour, You'd ha you have this monolithic structure that's predictable and easy. Uh, but if you give people the choice, some people choose rickshaws, some people drive 18-wheelers, some people drive F1 cars, and it's on a highway where everyone's going in whatever direction they want. So it's finding a balance. At least we're giving the choice, right? Mm -hmm. I just hope that oh, I've seen so many developers struggle with not knowing what they don't know. You know, I just hope that we can also do a better job of helping people understand what the capabilities are in the platform. All right, so that wraps up our, our day three and, and the knowledge we learned today. So, Brooke, three days of build. What was build about for you? I'll just build on what Esther said earlier. I mean, I feel like, especially with things like the Xamarin announcement, you know, the, the entire world just unlocked an achievement. You know, like we, we now have 
Hadoop incredible. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we now have these incredible tools that are freely available to everyone to build cross-platform so we can run our computational workloads anytime, anywhere, on any platform, with any language. Uh, it, it's really it's, it's a great time to be uh, a programmer these days. It's, it, we have just a, an abundance. We have an embarrassment of richness in, in terms of our tools. And, and I, I just can't wait to see what comes next. You stole my thunder. I cannot echo that statement more, that there is not a more exciting time to be a developer and a developer in the Windows and Microsoft ecosystem and the Azure platform than now. Because yesterday, if you're comfortable with the Bash shell, you get the Bash shell. Um, if you want to develop for iPhone and Android, that's out of the box. Uh, you want to emulate a HoloLens. You want to emulate an iPhone, things you don't actually own. You can do that. You can develop and dream and build awesome experiences for people. And Microsoft's really enabling that. It's, a, it's this culture of enablement. And couldn't echo Brooke and echo Esther thoughts anymore. Another thing that I felt about this conference is that it was kind of a... Uh, shock to me when I realized that not everyone here works at Microsoft. You know, there were things that were being presented that we um, at the MASE have seen um, daily. Um, for example, they were presenting how um, Visual Studio Team Services has a built-in now release management on the website. It's, it's really cool. Um, but that we use in my project already. So I think it's just really cool to actually see how other developers are developing outside of Microsoft, are um, using our tools um, to make great things. All right, so our last call is going to be pretty short. We pretty much summarized builds. There is no last call, but my last call is just go out there and build things, right? We have all these cool tools. There's no better time than now. So if good is good enough, ship it, right? Let's build some stuff. Um, I'm going to go work on my bot. <laughs> <laughs> all right well that'll do it from build thank you all for listening and hopefully we'll see you again soon take care